Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Emotional Mastery Podcast. I am your host, Rochelle. This podcast started as a space to use my voice, to share my journey of healing, and it's turned into so much more. It's a space about all things emotional, because for me, learning to self-regulate and accept what I was feeling was game-changing. Together, we learn the tools to self-regulate. We talk spirituality, holistic healing, and modalities such as human design and astrology to help you radically trust, love, and accept yourself. I have some amazing guests on here that share their story and share their tools. And this is really just a space to support you in healing mind, body, and soul. So I thank you so much for tuning in and putting yourself first. I appreciate every single one of you. Welcome to another episode of the Emotional Mastery Podcast. I am so excited for this one this week. I honestly, so much has been like divine timing lately. Of course, as always, just like the timing of podcasts that I'm editing because I've had these conversations months ago and it's so fascinating to see the shifts that have been happening and how they just like, they align with the conversations as I'm like editing them. And I was recently listening to a podcast, um, the Aubrey Marcus podcast. um, and the entire episode was just this beautiful conversation on words and language and how we use them. And it really got me, I mean, I love to write. I have always been a writer. I, you know, speaking has kind of become a new thing that I guess I I feel like I always felt really scared to do, but, you know, finding my voice has been so powerful in so many ways. And as I was editing this podcast with Jamie, she is just so absolutely beautiful with the words that she uses um, I mean, I can't, can't even really put it into words. You will just have to listen to this episode, but every word she uses is so intentional and it is so beautiful. And, um, yeah, Jamie is just, she, she's incredible. I can't wait for you to hear this. And she is a transformation guide and Akashic records reader, passionate and deeply dedicated to guiding and supporting others through significant periods of deep personal transformation as they navigate their way back to their true nature and expand into remembering who they are. Jamie's especially gifted at translating and bringing forward subconscious information beneath beneath energy blockages from a spiritual etheric level down to the physical cellular and emotional level. She uses a holistic, integrative approach that draws from multiple somatic disciplines, traditions, and lineages from yogic practices and psychosomatic bodywork to system-based resources like human design and astrology down to earth-based tools such as Ayurveda, aromatherapy, flower essence remedies, and shamanic medicine. Her potent body of work has impacted and initiated tremendous positive change in one's relationships, health, career, creativity, and a plethora of expansive integrational circumstances both inside and out. Jamie is of Singaporean Chinese heritage and is based in Brisbane, Australia. Her empowering work is accessible both online and worldwide. And of course, everything will be linked in the show notes. I can't, I mean, when you listen to this episode, you can feel her energy. When I was speaking to her, I can feel her energy. It is so soft yet so powerful. She's a manifester in human design. And so she was, she is here to impact and you know, the way that she uses words again, I just is, is just absolutely beautiful. So I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. It, it truly is so good. You know, we talk about self-occupancy and what that means. Um, you know, we talk about human design and astrology as course of all, as always, we have so many similarities in our designs and our astrology. Like we both have Jupiter and Pisces in different houses. I mean, it's so much moon square, Pluto, the whole thing. That's kind of originally how we connected. So I took the Akashic records course from Ashley Woods and she had also done that. And she had been on Ashley's podcast. So we just kind of like started chatting in the DMS and just realized how much we had an alignment, um, or how much we had similar within our charts. 
And so I asked her to come on the podcast and she agreed. And so, yeah, I'm just really excited for you to listen to this one. Uh, again, so many lessons lately. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you will see that I have created a, a small group container, a small group program called The Self. And honestly, I broke it down into The Self um, called This 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 home experience is surrender, embodiment, love, and flow. And I was inspired, honestly, from this episode with Jamie to like break it down like that because she just has such a beautiful way of translating words and giving them meaning. And it was just so powerful. So I have created this small group cont- container taking about five people through this very first seven-week program. Um, We're going to touch on things like emotional regulation. Um, We're going to set intentions for the entire container. We are going to talk about health. We are going to talk about movement. We are going to talk about spiritual practices. I'm going to give you tangible tools that you can experiment with, see what works for you, like meditation, journaling, moving your body, um, you know, emotional regulation, uh, thought reprocessing, emotional reprocessing, or emotional processing. We're going to talk about, of course, human design and astrology. We're going to get into some shadow work and some inner child work and really just like give you the tools and set you up to begin doing this work so that you can come back to the self, right? You can move forward in alignment, make decisions in alignment. Um, and you know, when you are triggered and when you are anxious and you know, you're kind of making emotional reactive decisions, giving you the tools to come back to the self, to self-regulate, to rewrite those unconscious, those subconscious beliefs that you have ingrained in you. And I'm so excited. It starts August 15th. So you have between now and August 15th to sign up. If you are on the email list, you are going to be getting a special offer, um, a little bonus in your inbox on Monday. So if you are not signed up for the um email list and you're interested in this program, again, I'm only taking five people through. So if you're interested, get on the email list. And as soon as you get that email, I'm opening the doors on Monday for this program. So you will have from Monday until um, the beginning of October to sign up. Uh, Doors will close um, October 7th. So I'm really, really excited for that. Um, Yeah, man, some big lessons. (laughs) So we had the full moon in Pisces this past Saturday. And it's been so interesting because I know a lot of people have been feeling some really, really heavy, some really, really sticky energy. And I just had this urge, and I I swear it's Virgo season because I have Mars in in Capricorn, but it's in the sixth house and Virgo rules the sixth house. And so anything like health, daily routines, body, I just get like, I am on it. Like I get super like action, jump into it, like aggressive about it in a sense, right? Like I'm just like always on it. And so I've been feeling really empowered to clean my space, to get a little bit more organized, to get my finances in control, to really just like clean up my actual physical vessel too. So my body. And so I've just, I've completely cleaned up my diet. I have cut out basically all carbs, but processed carbs, we'll say processed carbs and sugars in that sense. Um, So anything that's not just natural. So basically going to a actual whole foods plant-based diet is what I've been doing. I cut out alcohol. Um, I've been moving a lot, getting outside of nature. So it's just this whole thing. And I'm just feeling so empowered and so incredible. And, you know, it's times like these when we can really like clean up our body. And this is part of what inspired the self, the program, because I've been getting downloads to start to do a group coaching program for a while. And I'm not even going to lie, kind of makes me feel a little bit vulnerable and a little it's, it's scary, right? It's scary to lead people in a program like that. But I, 
I've been getting these these downloads, these pings, and I'm just seeing it everywhere. Every time I listen to something or pull up something, it's like group coaching, small group coaching. I'm like, okay, universe, I hear you. We're doing it. <laughs> I trust you. We're gonna we're gonna do the thing. But yeah, but like all the lessons I've been having lately when it comes to the ego and emotional regulation, it's incredible how like quantum leaps I feel like I've had in the past month when it comes to those things, because I have consistently been working on them since I started my journey. And I never just, I guess things like sometimes I would go through phases where I'm like, all right, I got it. I'm good. And then go through phases like weeks or months where I was just like swimming in it. Like I can't get out of my emotions. I'm making impulsive decisions from my emotions. Like patience, what the fuck is that? Like just these, it's, it's been this really, it's been this emotional roller coaster, this emotional wave. And honestly, like since I got off birth control in February, things just started to clear up a little bit. And I'm not advocating that you get off birth control. I think you should know what it does to you. I think you should be educated, right? Educate yourself and make make the best decision. It's not for everybody. Some people, it doesn't bother, right? Like you know your body best and that's also what the self is about. It is tuning into and actually knowing your body. I had been getting messages to get off birth control for like a year, but of course I was like, I don't want to get pregnant. I, I want to have fun. Like I want to have sex, like all those things, but empowering yourself with the actual knowledge. Like that's for a whole other podcast episode. And I did have an episode on here about like my journey with getting up birth control, but side note, um, yeah, I've just been getting all these. And so like, since then that kind of began to clear the fog and I have hit emotional lows. Of course I'm an emotional being. I'm always going to ride this wave, but I've noticed the power between, well, for one, really being able to notice red flags now and two, trusting my body fully within that. I know in myself right now, like I know that feeling of chaos, of emotional chaos when the mind gets control of it and the emotions are doing their thing. And it's like, I, I don't know which way is up and I'm confused. And I'm like feeling this just like all it is, it's just, it's chaos, right? And it's because I'm I'm not coming into my body. Like I'm doing the practices, right? But there was some sort of disconnect, right? Where I was going through it and I, and I truly believe because I was drinking, um, maybe my body wasn't as clean as it should, or it could have been. We'll leave the word should out of all of this, but yeah, I, and I would just like, I would find myself swinging it, but also really having hindsight and realizing the situations that were making me feel that way because my trauma comes from relationships. It, it does. And next week I'm actually putting out an episode on dating, uh, dating after trauma, and it's going to kind of talk on all of this, but learning the way that my body reacts to somebody, the way that that feels comfortable, I'm air quoting, comfortable for me is not healthy, right? That doesn't mean that this person is for me or doesn't mean that I have to try and push and all these things, right? When my nervous system is activated like that, literally my body is telling me something and, and in a way it feels comfortable because that's what I've always been used to. But like I said, quantum leaps, like I now realize when I feel like that, something it's not for me. And I'm able to see now from the observer, right? From the seat where I can watch my emotions. And it's not to say that I don't always get pulled into it, but I feel like now I have these tools to actually reprogram my thoughts, right? Go through the process, sit with myself, meditate, reprogram my thoughts, really asking, like one of the most powerful things is like, do I know this to be true? 100% without a doubt, do I know this to be true? Like, 
99% of the time, the answer is, I do not. I am not a mind reader. I cannot assume to know what somebody else is thinking or what somebody else is going through or what somebody else wants or desires, right? If I don't have that open, honest communication. And so I've learned now to go through this process by myself, to sit in meditation and then to approach it. If, I, if I'm trying to get clarification from somebody else, being myself authentically and being able to maybe word what I have to say in a non-projection way, right? A non-victimy way, a non-like, not like pushing things on you. And, and I don't know how else to explain it, but just coming from a place of just like an open, honest conversation. And yeah, not everybody is open for that. A lot of people just kind of are like, oh, I don't even know, right? Like, again, I'm making up stories of what people think in those situations. But especially like dating, I have had situations where I'm, I am being like open and honest about like what I'm experiencing, what I'm going through, and then people ghost and it's fine. And there was a time where I took that to mean so much about me. Like, oh my gosh, Rochelle, you're too much. You're too sensitive. You shouldn't be saying those things like that. Like, maybe you're too needy. Maybe you're too emotional. Maybe you're taking things too seriously. Like, oh my gosh, fuck it all. I am just who I am. But I've learned to just come back to myself and understand myself and feel empowered in myself and to know based on what I'm feeling about a certain situation or a certain person how to approach it. So anyway, that is a conversation that's going to be happening next week on the, on the, on the podcast. I think it is a long overdue, um, episode. So I'm really excited to share that to with you guys, but yeah, uh, I'm going to cut this short or shorter, I guess, cause I could go on for a while. I have all my notes and I'm not even touching on half of them, but this episode is so good. So, so good. Um, and like I said, this episode is divinely timed because, as I was listening to that other episode podcast, you know, where the woman was speaking so beautifully and used words in a way that Jamie also does in this podcast. And, you know, it really makes me think, and I've had this conversation recently too, but you know, any like religious text that you read, you know, it really, it says in the beginning there was the word and, you know, our words are so powerful and it's so inspiring and beautiful to really feel the energy of words being used so intentionally like Jamie does in this in this episode, because so many of us just throw words around without actually thinking about the meaning. And you know, I just I trust the messages from this conversation. Um, and again, although they happened months ago, they're so relevant, and they were genuinely spoken for everyone listening right now. Whether you're listening the day it's released, whether you're listening in two years from the day it's released, whether you're listening in a month, two months, like whatever it is, every single time I enter into a podcast interview. I meditate, I burn incense, like I truly set the space. I set the frequency of the episode. And, you know, I just ask that anybody listening receive the message in the perfect timing for them, whenever that, whenever that timing is. So, you know, just I'm feeling good. I'm just flowing with life. I'm allowing it to to lead. I'm not resisting or trying to control um, and just allowing things to unfold and to be exactly as they are meant to be in life. And it's always a practice. It's always an experimentation. But with that being said, I appreciate every single one of you. I'm so grateful beyond any words that I can express because I just, I approach these interviews. I come to these interviews and every single time I think I'm just, I'm so grateful and I'm so blessed and I'm so fortunate. And I just love the fact that I get to come here and have these conversations with these incredible people and to be able to share that with all of you is just such a blessing. And it lights me up again, beyond what I can express. So 
Thank you. Thank you so much. If you feel called to rate, review, or subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend. Honestly, all these things really, truly have help to get out to more ears, um, just to help the podcast grow so I can continue to bring you these amazing conversations. So thank you so much. And here is the episode. Welcome to the Emotional Mastery Podcast. Today, I have Jamie Shujin, who we actually met through Ashley Wood's Align Podcast or the Align, um, her company, because I ended up doing the um, How to Read Your Records course. And you had also done the course as well. And so you are an Akashic Records reader. And so we just like, we kind of like got in the DMs and and talked about our similarities in our chart, which I totally want to dig into today. Um, So I'm so honored to have you here. I thank you for your time and having this conversation with me. And I would love for you to just introduce yourself, your story, kind of like, you know, anything pivotal along the way that's gotten you to where you are today. Um, I know you do a lot with emotional release, so that is a huge topic for this podcast. So I'm so excited to just dig in with you. Thank you so much, Michelle. Such an honor and so humbling to be having this conversation with you. Um, And I love, absolutely love the name of your podcast, Emotional Mastery, and I've even just got tingles just saying it. So a little bit about me. I am residing in Brisbane, Australia, originally born in Singapore, Singaporean Chinese heritage. I've been in Australia for over 19 and a half years now, so over half my life. And it's an interesting question when you ask me introducing myself because I've been a practitioner in this field for the last six years and it's always been a challenge because boxing somebody, putting a title, putting a label, which is really useful for conversation and understanding, it's also really difficult because it's like trying to encapsulate energy and presence to a label and a word. Anyhow, um, recently I redid my bio and it feels really expansive and true for now. So I'm a transformation guide. I support people to arrive at a place of spacious self-occupancy which is a term that landed for me um, just after middle of the year last year in 2021. And that just, you know, gave me the tingles. And every time I say it, it gives me the tingles, gives me a, a bodily um, uh, sensation. So it, it, it's right. And I guide people moving from a place of self-betrayal, self-rejection, self-avoidance, self-abandonment to a place of self-occupancy to finally arrive in themselves. And what does that mean? I love words and I love um, creating word lexigraphy, meaning you use the alphabets of the word to create um, a phrase that makes sense. Um, Not like, you know, kiss. I think in school, we used to say, keep it simple, silly or something like that. Not not like that. But, um, and when I sat with self-occupancy and I sat with self, what came to me was spirit encouraged life force. And that's when you know, it's like, that's the sense of self. And when you have that sense of self and occupying yourself. um, So yeah, if you needed a definition for that, I'm obviously still, you know, sitting with it and marinating with it and letting it expand. And, you know, in terms of the modalities that I practice, I started off as a body worker, um, hands-on body worker, a psychosomatic therapist, um, yoga teacher, Kundalini yoga teacher. And I, I guess we can talk about this with our charts later, but um, a lot of my work started with the body 
Because why? Because I was so disconnected from my body and my emotions and my heart until Saturn return hit and everything, you know, and I'm, you know, I got pivoted back to catapulted, slapped <laughs> to <laughs> what I should be doing um, or really what lights me up. Yeah. And I kind of, you know, worked through the underworld. If anyone's familiar with that term, I think it's used a lot in um, shamanic medicine. So working with the underworld, looking at your ancestral lineage, looking at your bloodlines, looking at um, all of the encapsulated um, ancestral story within our bones, within our habits, within our our psyches to reconcile them, to give them a voice. So I started out, that was a lot of my work as well as, you know, hands-on body work pre-pandemic. Um, and then it when I got to Kundalini Yoga, I really, that really helped me with the mental faculty to start really exploring the subconscious projection and the power of the mind, the power of focus, the, the power of um, understanding what that's like and how can we really explore and have an, a, 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 an experience there. So can you see like I went from the underworld to the middle world mm -hmm. and then slowly touching upon the upper world and it wasn't until um, I think it was September 2020 I had a, I guess, a, a really pivotal shift in, in perception of the relationship I had with all of these tools, these high discipline, practice daily, practice, you know, till the cows come home three hours a day, you know, go, 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 which is again, you know, Singapore and Chinese heritage. I mean, it's in my bones. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I had a shift in perspective of that and realized, okay, the way I was relating to that, the way that I was dependent on it to really avoid, what am I avoiding here if I'm constantly going, how can I do a meditation to fix this and this and this and this? And that was quite earth shattering in many sense. And most of 2021, I had to pull right back from anything that was highly structured, highly rigid. Um, and I think you've listened to my conversation with Ashley. I, mm -hmm. I explained that as all of those things were like scaffoldings. When you build a house, you, you require a scaffold. You can't just have a slab of earth and get to the roof. You need scaffolding. And so all of those structures and systems and somewhere in there was also astrology and human design were just scaffolds or sometimes I call it the moon boot. If you have, you know, if you've broken your toes, you need a moon boot for X amount of time but you don't wear the moon boot for the rest of your life. That's, you know, what's going to be underneath. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I had to go through the painstaking process of feeling what it's like to remove the scaffolding one pole at the time and, and start to occupy the home that the scaffolding has so, you know, uh, supported in, in building. And that was scary it was disorienting because I thought the scaffolding well at least my mind perceived the scaffolding to be the glory and really not <laughs> mm -hmm. um yeah and that was when I started working with the Akashic Records as in doing readings for people I've already tapped into the Akashic Records I think it was the eve of the new moon in Aquarius so the eve of Chinese New Year in 2020 um I opened the records like consciously for the first time um and yeah after was yeah around about august september last year so 
a, literally a year after I had that pivotal, um, you know, shift in perspective, opening, like working in the Akashic Records was just like putting in a radio antenna, not that these things exist anymore with Wi-Fi and 3G and all, well, 5G, whatever. Um, <laughs> just metaphoric speaking here, um, the antenna on top of the roof. And, and it's been an interesting process because it feels like, oh, everything that I have touched and been drawn to and was curious by and, you know, all the rabbit holes I've gone into in all these different amazing tools and systems and structures and um, modalities after the Akashic Records, which, you know, I still enjoy working in. I still enjoy working in, you know, in with body work and one-on-one individualized support through significant periods, you know, supporting um, people and clients through significant phases of their spiritual awakening or spiritual transition. So, yeah, it's it's where I am now. It's that feeling of completion in terms of, um, you know, everything that wasn't able to get expressed in previous lifetimes in in my my um, family lineage because I have a family. I come from a family. Everyone is highly intuitive. Um, I'm still a little like not sure about the word psychic, um, so I'm just going to use the word intuitive. Like a family of very gifted, very creative, very intuitive um, people on both sides. But in terms of expressing that, letting that get expressed, I feel like I'm like the first um, first person who has actually gave that space and gave that voice, um, and to be able to to experience that and you know what a privilege because previously there wasn't the level of awareness there wasn't the resources there wasn't the safety and the and the necessary I guess collective conscious structure to support that so so I feel like wow I've actually if that right now again things might change in two weeks or (laughs) five years um yeah it feels like there's a sense of reconciliation, reclamation, expression, and too many, in many ways, is, is a sense of completion. So there's this beautiful space of, wow, now I'm sitting here in a space. This is what like arrival feels like. This is what occupancy feels like. And, and all of these tools and modalities are just like spices and, you know, all the things you have in your pantry. You don't use cinnamon every day. You don't have to use paprika every day and there's no longer that clutching and that necessary, you know, intimacy with these quote unquote spices and condiments. It's like, oh, whenever I feel like it, I might do some stretches. And and life has just become so much simpler, so much more peaceful and just I'm so much more present and a lot calmer because I, I'm not constantly fighting to uphold the structures of the scaffolding anymore and polishing the scaffolding, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing all that. I think when you talk about like specifically human design and astrology, kind of like being that boot for the broken toe, you know, like I, that kind of, for me, when I started my journey was like the thing that helped me see myself. Right. Where I was like, Oh, there I am. Right. It kind of brought me home enough to like have the awareness and the self-acceptance, but I did too. I had to, it was about a year 
So from 2021 until about the beginning of 2022, I had to step back because I found myself, everything was like, well, it's just in my design. This is my design. This is who I am. Right. And so I found myself like, yeah, clutching too much or using the cinnamon every day. Right. Where it was like, I needed to come home to myself, like self-occupancy. I love that term and be able to, yeah, like be within myself despite, or, you know, regardless of whatever all these modalities were telling me. And then once I found that, once I found that space, like that home where I can meditate and come here, then I was able to bring it back in. Cause then I could be like, oh, well, you know, yes, maybe they like explain myself or I, I could, it was more of a compliment to who I am rather than who I was. And exactly. so, yeah. So I love that you said that. And that was kind of what came to mind. Cause it was just like, that is, and that's why I think like I use those modalities with others because that was the shift for me that helped me accept myself. And then once I get accept myself, then I could do all the other work because at least I had the awareness and I could be like, okay, you know, I have an open G center, which is why X, Y, and Z has happened in my life. And I can love myself because of that. And now I can find the wisdom in it and now I can move on, you know, and like, just not spend all of my days. Like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You know, like kind of ruminating on all these areas. So it's absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Because, you know, as again, as much as I love all of the, you know, the, the, the yogic sciences, the astrology, the human design, it still requires a mental faculty of understanding. Mm-hmm. And obviously that takes time and uh, maturation to, you know, integrate and seep into and, and to be properly um, digested and, and metabolized within our, our system in many levels from many, many levels. Um, it's, I love what you said as well. It's almost like how am I going to explain this? It's like we were so much of ourselves wasn't um, within our conscious awareness, and so these things helped us remember who we are, mm-hmm. who we are on the inside. But again, it's 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 quite an intellectual uh, relationship because it's like oh, because I am this in this house. So therefore this, and that's transiting here because therefore this, so I should be having this experience. At least I found myself doing that. It's like, Oh God, it's the, you know, eclipse. It's the new moon. It's the full moon. It's the, the something conjunct something. What should I be prepared for? And it's like, Whoa, hang on. This is fear-based. This is fear mongering for myself, for my nervous system. It actually dysregulated me. It made me even more like hyped up and cortisol driven and adrenaline going, Oh my God, what do I need to be aware of? What do I have to prepare for? It's like we're constantly preparing for some kind of catastrophe. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't think that's what these tools are meant to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because you're constantly just like, you know, what should I be? Who should I be? What should I be doing? Mm-hmm. And that's like, whoa, that's that's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's funny too, because like human design, the whole, like one of the biggest things they teach and talk about is getting yourself out of the head and into the body, right? But when you start, like, especially when you begin to like, I'm not that I can't, I couldn't just like learn a little bit and leave it. I had to like learn everything. So it becomes this in in astrology too, as you learn it, it becomes mental trip, right? It's all this mental game of like figuring everything out and the gates and the channels and the, this and the, that. And so it's like hugely mental, but then having that opportunity to like step back and be like, no, now I need to come here. Right. So it is the catalyst for it, but it, it can be like super mental in all of that. And then even to like the transits, and that was what I'm going to be one of my questions to ask how you've been feeling because I'm, it's huge astrological transits going on right now. And I like, I feel like for me, as I've learned more about astrology, I've noticed patterns in my life. Like Scorpio season is always intense for me. Pisces season has always been intense for me. And so I don't necessarily sit here like, okay, I do track the the transits, but I don't sit here and be like, okay, well today 
Jupiter is at 12 degrees. You know what I mean? Like I, I let my life happen. Right. And then I can yes. reflect when something happens or if I'm like way too emotional be like, Oh, it's a cancer moon. Maybe that's why I'm like, kind of like riled up today or whatever. Mars just entered Pisces or Mars just entered Aries or whatever it is. I think they're yeah. like helpful tools, but I try and use it more as a reflection tool, as opposed to like a, I need to live my day according to what is happening with the sky. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. And, it, and you know, the mind loves that stuff. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Because it keeps it fully employed. It keeps it fully occupied. It's, it, you know, there is a, there's a KPI to achieve every, you know, <laughs> every, every phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I just started taking, um, it's like a year long astrology cohort. So we're like, kind of like learning together. And, um, the, the facilitator in our very first video, was pretty much like through at us that we were going to be learning sidereal, true sidereal uh, astrology, which is like Vedic astrology. Um, and so there, are, I think there were a lot of people. So then like in our little chat thing, she was like, put your tropical uh, chart and then put your sidereal chart. And a lot of people were kind of confronted by the sidereal chart because they mentally attached so strongly to like, I'm a Taurus sun. I'm this, that, and the other thing. My sun sign doesn't change. So I'm kind of just like, I'm already fixed in Taurus energy. <laughs> Either way, I'm a Taurus. Um, but like just in the comments, like reading the comments, you can see people are confronted with like, oh, I went from being, uh, you know, an Aquarius sun to like now a Pisces or a Capricorn, you know, these like small changes because we've met mentally latched on to what our astrology says about us. And I'm just looking at it with such like curiosity, right? I'm like, Ooh, my moon changes from Leo to cancer. Like that kind of makes sense. Let me like play with it and see, because once you have a level of like detachment from the system, like I can appreciate it, but then kind of like just enjoy it for what it is. Um, but yeah, like, I know you said you have Jupiter in Pisces has this, how has it felt for you? Cause I, I have like, I have my own like interpretation of what I've been experiencing and it's been really cool. Um, but I'm just curious, like just for you with the energy of what's, how you've been feeling, if you've been feeling anything. Yeah, it feels, I've got Jupiter and Pisces in the fourth house. Mm. Um, and, and I'm pretty sure the degrees, I think my Jupiter in Pisces is in the, in what is it? What degree is it? 20, 23 or 24. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everything has been happening very close. Mm-hmm. It's going through my Jupiter return. Um, mm-hmm. How have I been feeling? There is a, because I haven't mentally, you know, uh, reflected on that. So, mm-hmm. but just reflecting on the last few months of, it's been very clarifying but very expansive of not in this box, not in this box. So, it, you know, to, to give language to it, it feels like there is like a, a, a big awakening, a massive like shattering. Again, coming back to what I shared earlier with that, oh, this is what it feels like and the simplification of everything mm-hmm. um, and allowing so much to melt away, all the scaffolding and all the structures and all the, you know, leaning on the, on, on the systems melt, melted away. And, and the word that comes to, to that is um, that essence of a teacher, which is, I guess, quite Jupiterian energy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. again, Pisces is also so deeply, deeply healing. So yeah. in many ways, if we were to, if I was reflecting on the archetypes of the, you know, the fourth house, Jupiter and Pisces, um, the home, the metaphoric home, as I, I uh, explained earlier, all of that got a massive upgrade. And and previously knowing that this was coming up this year, um, my mind was like, it's going to be, you know, 
a big, you know, a, it created a story around it. It's like Jupiter, money, this, that. And when I've gone through it, I mean, 2022 has been a year. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it's just releasing so much. How have you been um, experiencing it? It's really interesting. So I, well, I started microdosing in like end of January. Um, and so that's just kind of, I, I say that because I think whatever has been happening, it's kind of been um, highlighting it or really in allowing it to integrate and like enforcing um, all the changes to kind of just do all their things and, you know, rewiring the brain and stuff like that. Um, but I felt this really, I mean, this is the emotional master podcast. Like I'm highly emotional and I've just, it's been a long journey of feeling my emotions, but not becoming my emotions. And so since January, I've honestly felt this detachment from my emotions in a way that I've really been like seeking. And it's like, I can watch my emotions happen. I can feel my emotions happen, but I have this awareness of like, I am not my emotions. Right. And it's been a very powerful, incredible, kind of confusing at times thing. And I don't know, I'm sure there's more to it than just like Jupiter and Pisces, but, um, I have Jupiter and Pisces in the eighth house. And so that's all drug, sex, rock and roll, the deep, dark stuff. And so I have noticed this kind of push and pull between being deeply spiritual and then having moments where I'm like, I'm just going to go drink tonight and have fun. Like, I just need to let go, you know? Cause I think like my journey has been like very serious, right. I've just been like healing and working on this and then, and not just like allowing the fun in. And although I've been working really hard to let alcohol go because I just know that doesn't have a place in my future because I know where I'm going spiritually and I'm getting all the messages and like, I know, but so it's just kind of just been this like tug of war and I feel it's like, I I'll be expanded and I'll like kind of move up a level. And then I'll kind of be like, Oh no, let's come back and play in the human for a minute, you know? Um, but I'm just not even, I used to like shame myself big time over it. And now I'm just like, you know, for whatever reason, this is what's supposed to be happening right now. And at the end of it, I truly feel it will be like a massive upgrade for me. I'm just, I'm just enjoying it right now. And I can't, yeah, I don't know. So that's kind of like what I've been, it's just, it's been really, really, I don't want to say weird. It's been beautiful, but it's been very strange, right? It's, it's just a different energy that I'm just not so used to. Um, but I'm just enjoying it. I'm like, this is, you know, and I think because I have Saturn in the fifth house, Saturn, Neptune, and Uranus in my fifth house. So like fun and play and creativity and dating and romance has always been like so hard for me. And now I'm 36. So maybe I'm just kind of pushing past that, like Saturn, like energy of just like, you kind of have, kind of have to get through that to like actually find the fun in it. So now I'm just like, meh, we're just gonna, we're gonna go with it. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, what, uh, what I hear from what you're saying is like freedom. Mm, yes. That is literally, yes. that's my word. That is like, yeah. Oh, I got chills. Yeah. yeah. Whenever anybody is like, I just anything in relationships now. When I talk to anybody, I'm like, I need freedom. I cannot be like anybody who makes me feel any way other than free. Like, I just, I can't, I can't be with you. I can't, I have to like be, I have to be able to articulate it now. And I, I used to just, I used to not, I would just like kind of play the role and fall in line and people please. And I just can't do that anymore. I just, I've felt the freedom now. I can't go back to it. And so that's kind of where I'm going, but yeah. Yeah, I love that you said that is my word for sure. There there you go. And that's, you know, we can talk about my chart in a second, Mm -hmm. but like that's really across the last six years of working with clients, a lot of one-on-one clients as well. So I do group work and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, What I've also noticed as a common thread is that I do have this precise knack for languaging and bringing forward what's in the sub, what's in the unconscious 
to give it language, to give it space, to bring awareness, to just shine a torch here for a second is like, that's that. And just exactly what I've just done is like, oh, everything you're saying is like, I feel freedom. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah. And, and, and it's like, freedom is right here, right now. It is absolutely like coming. Yeah. I think that's just the whole journey and all of it. And I, I want to go back to, so you had mentioned, you know, you kind of started in these like deeper, darker layers, right. Of, of, um, well, I can't remember the term you used. Um, um, like the underworld. Yes. The underworld. Yeah. So like, how did you, like when you came to that, I mean, it, it, it makes sense as a progression of the way that you're going to like, you know, progress through your life and like experiences and things, but like, kind of like, how did you come to that? And how did you move through that? Like, what was that process like for you? Um, okay. So from as early as I can remember, I think I was six. Um, so that's, I'm coming up to 36 as well. So we're the same age. <laughs> um, I remember looking at how the functions or the dysfunctions around family and, you know, being so acutely sensitive and acutely intuitive, I could pick up everything that was not said, that wasn't necessarily conscious within the household. I lived in quite a big house. I think there were like seven of us in Hmm. in a four-bedroom apartment. Um, And I remember a moment of like kind of metaphorically or literally stamping my feet, stomping my feet, um, going, the buck stops here. I don't know who, what, where taught me that phrase as a six-year-old saying the buck stops here. I'm not repeating what they're doing. And that's kind of been, you know, that's been my driving force. And it's something that I've also had to humbly go, wait, this pattern of constantly wanting to change has its positives but you're constantly running away from something, you're not accepting it for what it is. And to be able to reconcile the stories there of like, you do it that way. I'm not going to do that. You know, kind of rebelling. Got I've got Saturn Uranus in the first house. So I know mm-hmm. what it's like to have both of those planets in one house, like stuck mm-hmm. up against, against each other. Um, so, so yeah, that, that has always, you know, made relationships with my immediate family really difficult because I'm constantly pushing. I feel like I'm always pushing shit uphill Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of breaking free of that, which is again, very, very Aries North note of me, Um, Mm -hmm. very Saturn and Uranus in the first house of me going, I'm going to recreate myself. I'm going to recreate this. I'm going to pioneer this. You tell me not to do that. I'm going to go do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so with working with the underworld was, wait, how uh, I'm missing a piece here. So when Saturn return hit, I was um, released from my corporate job. I was an environmental scientist, environmental scientist, environmental manager in the field of sustainable development. However, here in Queensland, Australia, it's mining or mining. So um, I was doing that for about 10 years. And when Saturn return hit, um, and it was, I think it was Venus was retrograde in, Capricorn? I can't remember. Anyway, a long-term relationship um, ended um, quite dramatically. And so I was literally, I felt like I was thrown out on the street with one arm, my, both my right arm and my right leg chopped off. Mm. And it was, you know, the rock bottom. It was quite a, a, a freeing moment because it it taught me everything that... Um, I was 
hiding within myself. I've always been interested in the mental realm. Like, you know, someone has a problem, I would be the counselor, you know, phone Jamie. If Jamie's in the room, we can depend on Jamie. Um, And it was there during yoga, a yoga class. At the end of the class, I would always find myself in tears when we would chant or when we would, you know, use our voice. Um, That was the only time I could cry after a very dramatic end to that relationship of like betrayal and cheating and all that stuff. And I was like, hang on a minute, I can project manage this breakup like to the T and it ended up being quite amicable and, and, you know, fine. But it was during yoga that I would cry and it's like, wait, what, what, why, what's happening here? And so I, you know, kept going back and kept following all the messages um, and did not set out to be a yoga teacher, did not set out to do teacher training, did not set out to even start a business but it just was what I just kept going back. And so it's like, okay, follow the dots, Um, you know, create the space, trust the process, which is like the tagline of my, when I first started my business, it was called the spacious nest, create the space, trust the process. And I was like, yep, still applies, still applies as a mantra for life. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And stumbled upon a mentorship um, with a, really um powerful uh shamanic based um practitioner and she took me under her wing and her work works through the 12 chakras and so I did an 18 month mentorship with her sat in all the circles and really looked at and and found answers that I've been looking for of like how how am I so different why am I so different it was a similar time that I got um, I guess exposed or the similar time when astrology and human design entered my life as well. So that was 2015, 16. So quite some time ago. Um, but yeah, it was through seeing, you know, rather than questioning the negative, it was through seeing the gifts of being connected to this family that I've tried to run away from my whole life um, to see the gifts there to go, oh, we choose our parents. Well, that makes sense. And they've had to be so, they've had to control me so much or so that I learn how to break free. And what I'm really breaking free of is no different to like the dependencies that we've talked about, you know, the dependencies of what the chart says or what the weather report says or, you know, whatever we're supposed to be. And so it's like I've actually toned that muscle so much through that experience so that I can access my creativity so I know what it's like, you know, to I so I know both sides And in many ways, I look back now, had I not had that experience, had I had the quote unquote nurturing, you know, supportive, quote unquote, loving, my parents are very loving, again, in their own way, um, perfect for me. Mm. Um, uh, Yeah, you know, I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't have known what it's like to feel physically not using my voice. I wouldn't know what it's like to be so far disconnected from the sense of self. That's so beautiful. I'm that 
I think for me too, that knowledge of like, I chose this, right? Like I chose my family. I chose my parents as a child, as through my healing. And then also as a parent, I'm a single mom of two. And so sometimes I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, am I doing them right? And, and I just come back to that sometimes like, you know what? They chose me. They chose this life for a very, very specific reason. And it was last mother's day. My daughter came up to me and she was like, mom, I'm so glad I chose you. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was just like, (laughs) I want to cry. I know she's, she's like, now she's 12. So she's just like anything I do, she's not into. She's like, oh my gosh, she'll come in and I'm meditating. She's like, oh, But the fact that she would say that to me, I know she sees it, right? She's watching, she's paying attention. And although she's going through her confusing, you know, phase right now, and she doesn't really want anything to do with me and she doesn't want my advice and this, that, and the other thing. And she locks herself in a room, but I'm just like, this is, I mean, we're all at that age once. Right. And I just trust that she's going to like come back around to it. But yeah, no, that was you saying that about, you know, your family and just like choosing that was just really touched me because that's been a huge part of my lesson. And, and even though, you know, I still have, there's some friction, you know, with my, with my family. And, um, I was listening to, uh, I can't remember his name. I was watching, a, a, a like, a a, a talk or whatever, but the, I can't remember his name, but he was saying that like, we should not gauge our healing based on our relationship with our parents. Like the one who did the most wounding, right. We'll say, I know my parents love me and, you know, they did the best they could with what they had. And I love them of course. Um, but then sometimes I do, like, I look at my relationship with like, you know, say my mom and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm not healed at all. Cause I still can't tell her how I feel. or I still can't communicate properly. Or I'll just, I would rather like do the thing and then deal with her irritation afterwards, you know? And so I know that there's still a lot of learning left to do. Um, but I know I've healed in such tremendous ways as well that it will naturally, I mean, we'll get there, but I just have to have grace with myself too. That it's like, it's, it's hard to like overcome all of this, like conditioning we've held for all of our lives, you know? And, you know, once you held it for like 30 years or whatever, it's, it's, you know, it doesn't take overnight to like undo that. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. And, and, and if I may um, offer a piece of advice that I have recent, again, quite recently, um, I guess uh, that's recently really helped me is playing again with these words and these word lexigraphies, mm-hmm. L-O-V-E, let other versions exist. Mm. I love that. And it could also be let our version exist. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine how much simpler and peaceful the world would be? You just let other versions exist. Yeah. You chose to date someone else. That's fine. I might have a cry, but that's fine. <laughs> like let other versions exist. Obviously, you've, mm-hmm. got, you've got something to tie up somewhere else. And hey, you know what? I have things to do too, you know, <laughs> toilets to wash and mm. things, you know, sort out my wardrobe. This, you know, it's just let other versions exist. Mm-hmm. And it's it's something that we get conditioned so much, or at least I can only speak for myself, but in the in the, the essence of love, like there, there, there are many shadow aspects to that and and not, not necessarily very healthy. And, and again, playing with these words, it's um, when you let other versions, uh, other voices envelope you, you've lost yourself there. Other voices, you know, she knows better, so I'm going to listen to her, et cetera, you know, teachers, pe- people, all the things. And, and it leaves one very empty. <laughs> mm-hmm. But when you just let other versions exist, it's a sigh of relief. It's like, and I let uh, my version exist too. So whoever's listening to this to go, oh, you know, Jamie's that had that experience or Rochelle's had that experience. It's like, just let, let your version exist. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, so simple. 
and it's free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's a big lesson because we just want to, our ego wants to control everything. And it's like, you just can't, you have to, that's been another lesson. I feel like I've learned this year is just like being present, being now and not like, I can't live in the past. I can't live in the future. But I will also say to that, like ever since I started tapping into the Akashic records and just kind of like going there, I've, 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 I've seen these layers of vibration, these layers of consciousness, these layers of reality. Right. And it's like, that's helped me so much in, let's say something romantic where I'm like, oh my gosh, but I just want that person. I want that person to want me. And it's like, but that does exist in an alternate reality that I'm just not living because I wouldn't feel that. I feel like if there wasn't some sort of connection there that was happening on some level. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, and even if that's only my truth in my mind and it makes me happy, you know, then, then so be it. But I do believe there are so many different alternate realities. Like you meet people and you're like, I've known you my whole life and maybe you only know them for five minutes. Right. And then you never see them again. But so we have yeah. so many powerful connections beyond what like our human mind can even like grasp, you know, and it's just like, and it's all there. And, and I think like, yeah, for, I would love to like transit. I do want to go back to your chart too. I want, I'm kind of hopping all over the place, but since with the Akashic records, like what has your journey been like to get there? And then what does it feel like when you're in that space? Like what kind of brought you to that? I think I really resonated with Ashley's story from her previous podcast and, and just was really drawn to just listening to her speak. And obviously Akashic records is her, her main um, modality that she practices or did, um, and or, or no, I shouldn't say did. Still does, um, but it's evolved over the, over time. And so, and I've heard that word akashic or akasha, and it's always been similar with like kundalini. Mm-hmm. Prior to me accessing it or or engaging with it and participating with it, it's always been like, oh, what's that? You know, it just it just pricks your ear. And working in the akashic records has just felt like I'm going to say the word like bypassing the logical mind you know and like you said with with quote unquote like alternate realities it's is two things came up for me it's like we're all walking each other home and our minds might think that we are actually orchestrating all of this it's like no actually take a humble pie moment there we're not in charge we're not in charge here mm-hmm. We're here to to have the experience and move through it and, you know, clear blockages, but we're not in charge. And so when I'm working in the records, especially when I'm reading for people, um, because I do it via automatic writing and completely remote, so you don't actually see there's no conversation. I just get an email from uh, clients who have booked and all I get is their name. When I open their records, I get a big chunk of, I feel like, if anyone knows how rainwater tanks work, you get the first flush of when the rain starts and it you know, cleans the roof and then it starts to fill in the rainwater tank. So mm-hmm. that's the sensation that I get. I get the first flush of big vomit of words mm-hmm. and, and then I'm like, okay, ready now. I'll open their email and receive their questions. And no joke, like every single time, whatever comes through connects in with the questions they've asked. And when I actually go in and type the answers for, you know, the responses for each question, it's like, just refer above, just refer above to the opening message and just keep referring up above to the opening Mm -hmm. message. And it's, it, yeah, it's a very clarifying process if we want to, you know, continue on that waterfall, rainwater tank um, um, visual. 
so yeah, that's what it feels like. It feels like I am, none of us are like all the stories, all the narratives, all the, oh, but what if, you know, all of that kind of clunkiness, also very human part of being human um, kind of steps away. And it it's, it's so complete, like in an hour I've written um, between 1500 to over 2000 words in an hour. So you, you practically get a thesis. And I'm like, <laughs> I look back on my uni years. It's like, it took like, I don't know, six weeks or more to like write a 2000 word essay. Mm-hmm. I do this now in an hour. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I know, like, it's like, it's not me. And some of the yeah. phrasing it's hilarious. And sometimes I don't know how to spell some words. I'm like, how do you even pronounce this word? I don't know what this is. Mm-hmm. Perfunctory. Is that a word? And they start to rhyme and I'm like, okay, like I'm a poet and I love, I'm a wordsmith, but I'm like, that's definitely not me. That's not how I speak. And so, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful, very humbling experience of literally like stepping aside Mm -hmm. and just let the waterfall fall. Like waterfalls can be obstructed. I mean, you can try never say never, but I'm like, you just don't do that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What was the process to like getting there? Because I, the very first time I tapped in, I like felt it. It was like, it took over me and I recorded myself. I was like talking and same thing. I was like, this isn't me. Like, this is not the way I would word things. It's not the way I would say things or phrase things. Um, and then like, after that, it was kind of like, I didn't feel it like that. And I think I've only felt it like that, like maybe once or twice. Um, and I know it's a process. I know it's like the more you practice, the more you get in there, the more you can clear out the ego and everything. Um, but I would be curious to know, like your, what was that process from like, when you very first, like went into it into like being able to just like have that waterfall and that clearing and yeah. Um, okay. So when I first I think I went into the records um, in the beginning of 2020 twice. I just laid down, said the prayer um, channeled by Dr. Linda Howe. Um, I fell asleep. Hmm. And so I wasn't conscious. Um, And it was just like a, a nap and that was it. I did not remember anything, did not recall any dreams. And the third time when I was um, feeling kind of restless. And I was like, is this, you know, why am I anxious? And what is it? And it was like, I just heard very clearly. And I'm going to preface this as well. 2020, I started seeing clients um, in 2016. So I've had like four years of teaching, of going, there's no, that you cannot plan anything. You just show up and whatever comes through the session is the session. And, and when I first started my being a, uh, in my, pra- my, in my practice, like as a practitioner, I was very, very clear with, with clients, you know, saying that I'm not here to like have a session with you like this. I'm not going to look you through a book mm-hmm. or a textbook. You want, you want to learn something, go look at a dictionary, go sign up for a course, go watch your free YouTube videos. I'm here to listen to you and reflect you back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, you know, in that sense, I, was already very quite attuned to trusting intuition, trusting the messages. So it was like, go and get your old iPhone five or whatever it was. Um, you're going to sit in this spot in your room. You're going to open the records and you're going to speak it. So I was like, okay. Um, so I just, you know, gone and found the old iPhone five press record, opened the records and then started speaking for like 35 minutes. And I cried through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just, yeah, it was like the wh- whoever, whatever again, because we, you know, that we can look, look at that and go, well, that's just another 
fancy story, isn't it? Um, yeah. And, and it, I, I cried through the whole thing and it was so transformative. It was like, oh, and it, in, in many ways I can look back to it. I think I still have recordings somewhere um, and go, that was what was needed at the moment. And the, the main message from that was we have so much to push through, through you. And the image I got then was like a cheese grater or a garlic press, you know, you press the garlic through the thing. And it was like, I was the press. They were pushing mm-hmm. the garlic through me to filter. Again, it's that very visual thing of that waterfall coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think moving forward into 2021, when I had, you know, when I was guided, I knew I needed to take massive space from all the structures, scaffoldings, practices, discipline, all of that. Um, I came back to what I've been doing since I was 10 years old, writing. Um, and that became my daily practice. I would, you know, I created a ritual of, you know, I'll shower, um, you know, light a candle, make a beautiful warm beverage and just get out either pen and paper or just, you know, and just write. I just kept writing every single day, whatever came through, whatever I needed to work through, anything and everything goes. And in Ashley's Akashic support group on Facebook, um, I'd receive a bunch of readings then. I think my very first Akashic record reading was on the 11-11-2019 and from a friend. And then I received a bunch of other readings through people wanting to practice. And, again, it wasn't a logical orchestrated thing. Someone was saying, I want to practice, you know, um, does anyone want to do a swap? And so I found myself typing, like non-logical, typing to her and said, yeah, I would love to receive and I would love to, you know, I like to, you should be open for me to, to read for you. Like you'd be the very first person that I'm reading for. And, and um, I like to try automatic writing. How does that sound for you? And then after I sent it, I think she was in, where is she based? Um, in LA or something. And so I was like, oh God, what's that? You know, and then comes the, the, the ego or the mind goes, mm. what have you done? What's this? Delete the thing. She's not going to see it for another 12 hours just unsend (laughs) and, and, and yeah. And then I opened the records for her and got such clear information. And I don't know this person, um, don't know her history, don't know anything. And when she received it, she was like, wow, you've just connected so many dots. I've never seen, um, how they were all connected. Um, you've given me, you know, new insight into what I should, what of, you know, my business idea and, you know, health, um, uh, guidance for health and, and, you know, seeking different types of practitioners that she had already been thinking about. And I was just like blown away. I was like, whoa, what was that? That was so easy. Wait, again, comes in the logical mind. That shouldn't be easy. How do you know that? Doubt, doubt, analysis, doubt, doubt, analysis. But when I'm in there, it's just like no, no obstruction. And I wanted to um, mention this as well. Like, you know, I've, I've shared with you the self, like spirit and courage, life force. 
the opposite of that, again, for language and for our brain's sake of understanding, it is the ego slash mind. It's when essence is being obstructed. That's when you know ego is involved. And, and I just, just joined the dots right now um, of that is the obstruction. But what if this, that story, you know, all of that clunkiness is like, ah, that's the ego playing. It's like, okay, surrender, create space, make space until you can feel that, ah, this is a spirit encouraged life force because there's no adrenaline that goes with that. There is no, it's not clunky. It's not noisy. It's not distracting. It's not contractive. And so, yes, I don't know. I've gone on so many tangents. (laughs) No, I love it. That's like when I, so I haven't read for anyone else. I've only like gone in there for myself. And, and, and so there is that ego part where it's just like, are you just saying this because this is what you want to hear right now? You know, or so I'm, I am curious to actually go in for someone more specifically, somebody I don't know. Cause I think like we can still, the mind will still be like, oh, well, you know, this person, you kind of know what they're going through, whatever. Um, but what I did go in there the very first time, like, it was just like, no matter, well, this is why I love meditation and kind of like tapping in there. Cause it's like, no matter what I'm feeling throughout the day, no matter what's going on, when I get in that space, it's like, I just feel so expanded and just so full of love. You know, it's like all the fears and the anxieties and this and the other thing, it's like, they're just pushed out by this just loving feeling, you know? Um, and so to me, I guess that's my like telling of like when I'm, when I'm getting there, when I'm like tapped in, but you know, when you talk about like the self and the ego, and you're feeling the ego specifically, like, what do you do to come back to yourself and just to kind of like place the ego here and allow yourself to trust in yourself? Very simple and unceremonious. Go for a walk, mm. get some sunlight, just get away from anything that's stimulating. So the coffees, the matches as much as I love them. It's like, no, can't do that. No sugar, no processed food nothing that is stimulating and you feel it, you know, when it's stimulating. And sometimes it's like, I don't know, a couple of weeks, weekends ago, um, I started my cycle and I was like, you're just going to watch sex in the city reruns. I was like, okay, I haven't touched that for like 15 years. Okay. Let's do that. You know, sometimes it's, it's that. And, and, and just taking space, which is not easy for the mind, but you need to find out, you need to know what you need to know, whether you need to decide A or B, but what are you going to do for this? And how are you going to fix that problem? You know, it's, it's loud, man. Mm. It's loud. And sometimes, sometimes it's so loud. It's like, fine, I'm going to press record and I'm going to speak it all out. I'm going to just vomit, just vomit, (laughs) whether Mm -hmm. it's through voice. I talk, I talk to myself and (laughs) into my voice recorder all the time when I'm going (laughs) on walks. And I think my I don't know what the neighborhood thinks of me, but that's <laughs> fine. I'm going to let my version exist. Mm. I've got to do what I'm going to do. I'm not hurting anybody, including myself. This is, this is good. Things could be worse. Um, mm. So yeah, that, that vomit. And, and once you do that, you clear the energy, you know, in many ways, again, in, in my understanding, it's like body work is like, yeah, hands on body, but it's like, no, this is body work. You're just allowing you're shifting energy in such a big way just because we're using words. It doesn't mean it's bad or it's a mental faculty thing, but yeah, just, just doing, doing all the things. And, and usually it's like, okay, maybe I need to shower. I love like taking a shower, washing my hair, really simple things. I'm like, it's quite Mm -hmm. unceremonious. Like there's no (laughs) formula to this and it's freely available to most people. Granted, I know we're highly privileged where we are, but yeah, shower, go for a walk, step away, 
Um, write if you need, speak if you need, get it out. Don't mm. obstruct the thing. Sometimes the the inner child, baby, tantrum person wants to have a, a space to scream and yell and go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do so you it's feel like, like, what did it yeah. Yeah, continue? Oh, I was going to say, just let what's here be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just that acceptance of like everything that is and not like trying to push it. And I, I was in a session like uh, maybe like a month ago and it was, it was like a guided meditation and, and they were asking like what was coming up or if my mind, you know, this is another thing I was like, yeah, my mind is kind of getting loud or my mind is saying, it's, I knew it was the ego versus like intuition. Cause it was, it was, it was just like all the thoughts and at once, and it was like anxiety based and all these things. And the facilitator was just like, so just, just like pacify the ego, right? Like let the ego think that it's right. Just be like, okay, you're right. I got it. You know? And then, and that, because it's like, when you push it aside and you're like, no, be quiet, go away. Right. It just becomes like even louder. So it's like, you said, just doing the thing, like going for a walk. And sometimes for me, like I have a defined Ajna, so it, it, it's hard to like turn it off. Right. So sometimes you just have to like, let it go and just be like, okay, let's just roll through the thing and get it out and have your fun, make all the scenarios you need. But then knowing that I'm going to like place it there afterwards, you know, sometimes it just needs to be entertained. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's what it wants. Right. In, exactly. in all of us, but yeah. And my question to you is going to be like, so you, I know you had said like your family is very intuitive. Um, do you think that was like helpful in you being able to, uh, connect with your intuition? Hmm. I don't think so. I mean, like I did come from quite a a spiritual family. Um, We did, our grandma and great-grandma, I think they were Buddhist or Taoist when when we were growing up and then everybody converted to uh, Catholicism. Um, And so there would always be, you know, we would always um, frankincense and sage, sage, frankincense and uh, clear the space every Friday. I can't remember why Friday, but that was a weekly ritual. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, mopping and sweeping of the floor happened every day, sometimes twice a day. So there was always a very uh, beautiful practice of clearing space and tidying things. And, and dad always said, never leave anything on the floor. Of course, that's what I do. I sit on the floor. I do everything on the floor. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, it, was, it was, I don't know if the intention was that consciously to, like, keep clearing the space or whether it was from, you know, a, a less less aware place, but it did that. And, and we would honour like the Hungry Ghost Festival and, and all of the different um, celebration or, or I was going to say seasonal festivals, you know, the Mid-Autumn Festival, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and even like my, my Shuchin was given by a feng shui master who obviously looked at my, my birth details when I was born to, to give me that name. And I can look back and go, wow, that, that so makes sense because Shu means pretty and beautiful is that feminine essence. And Jin is night as in with a K night, mm-hmm. a Lord, um, you know, almost like a protector, a, a, a leader of sorts. And, and now that I've learned like my human design and my, my astro- astrological chart through Placidus, um, haven't looked into anything else because I'm like, that's enough. I'm going to go nuts <laughs> if I looked in something else. I, I can't be told I'm supposed to be something else again. Um, <laughs> yeah, when I saw all that and I really dived into my Aries North Node um, and what that all meant, I was like, oh my God, that again, it's like a reconciliation. It's like, that's why, that's why I got given that name. And so to answer your question, I don't know when I'm answering your question. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, in many ways, I saw the opposite. I saw how it was hidden. Like, you know, it's like, I think my aunt used to say to me, your grandma knows things. Your grandma knows things, but it was always under the guise of like hush, hush. And I think my uncle, so my dad's um, older brother, he, when, when we used to, um, I think when we moved to Australia, that was like a thing that they loved doing, going into open home um, auctions and just to see how different houses are because the houses here are like 10 times bigger than Singapore's little cube of an apartment. Um, and he would always see spirits of like spirits coming up down from the the ceiling like a face and I think he can speak in tongues Hmm. um and so yeah knowing yeah I guess knowing that and how fearful it was showed me it's like no do the opposite Jamie Hmm. (laughs) it's like oh you've known this and when I again track back and reflect the dreams I was having during intense moments and you know pivotal moments within the family I can look back there and go oh, that's, that was so, like, that was important information that came to me in my dreams about that particular situation. But obviously I didn't know and have the tools what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if I answer your question. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, I, I know for me, like, I came from a family that was very disconnected. Even now, it's just, like, kind of, like, you know, my, my dad is Catholic. He goes to church every Sunday, but it's, it's very, I asked him once he was like, well, I go just in case, (laughs) just like, just in case there's something beyond this, you know, but it's very like cut and dry. It's like, you live your life, you work, you die. And like, that's it. And I just could never accept that as a child. Like I grew up in Dubai. So I grew up around, you know, Buddhism, Islam, Hinduism. And I was always more drawn to the spiritual aspects of it. One of my first tattoos was an Om sign before I even like understood what the Om meant. Right. I was just like, so called to it. And, um, you know, now I'm studying Ayurveda and yoga. So it's just like completely my path. Right. But I was always so called to it. But I think even now that's why I second guess myself a lot because it's like, I, I, deeply know I'm called to this path. Like I deeply believe in it, but because I had no, no, nothing showed me in my childhood that this was even possible. You know, I didn't know anybody that was intuitive or psychic. I mean, you like psychic to me was like, Oh, like 1-800 psychic hotline, like some fake person on the other end, just like, you know, blowing smoke for a dollar. (laughs) So I didn't even, it was just, it was a whole new world that opened up to me. And like, even now I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm the one that's just like out in, in the clouds and fairyland and my family's just kind of like, okay, <laughs> have fun. They've, ex- they accept it, you know, but it's very, um, we don't have those conversations. It's not like a thing. So it's like, mm-hmm. I have, I have everything, you know, here and that they're here and it's, you know, it's not intertwined in any way, but I just believe one day if, if, if they're called to like know anything or, you know what I mean? Like it, they know what I do, all my friends and family, they know what I do and they know, like, I'm just, you know, but I don't, I don't push those conversations on anyone. I just like, I have to find my people and my community and my space. And I just allow myself to go there. So, yeah, it, exactly. And, and, and I don't think I've showed you this. Um, is this is my birthmark. Mm. Can you see a witch? That's her hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's her face. Yeah. That's her cloak. And wow. you can see she's almost on a broomstick. Wow. And that's on my left arm, wow. the feminine arm. So yeah. I was born with this. <laughs> I did yeah. not know 
that to me was just always a birthmark. Mm-hmm. And all through when I was growing up, everybody, everyone, every single person would be like, grab my arm and go, oh no, you got burned. Mm-hmm. And it was the eve of 2020, like 31st of December, 2029, 2019, <laughs> 2029. Whoops. <laughs> That's a bit of the future, Jamie. <laughs> yes, just, just projecting. Um, someone in all places at a, at a pub um, got my arm and said, you have a witch. And I looked at him and went, really funny. Like, I don't know what you're on, but thumbs up, buddy. Great. And he's like, no, you have a witch. I was like, yeah, great. Ha ha. And he's like, no, look. And he grabbed my arm and, and told me. And I was like, what? I've never <laughs> known this before. And then it all made sense. It's like everybody saw everyone, like strangers. They're like, mm-hmm. you got burned. And I was like, hell yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Marked, branded. Yeah. <laughs> That is amazing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, okay. Going back to human design, I would love to, I know you are a manifester. You have 1222, which is my, my connection to my throat as well. Um, I would love to know how that, you know, being the emotional mastery podcast and we're talking about emotions, like how that specific channel manifests for you, especially as a manifester, because um, you know, the not self theme of anger and I'm an, I'm a manifesting generator. So I have the, I have elements of it. Right. Um, and for me, I know like I was unable to express myself for so much of my life and that channel like needs to be expressed. And so, yeah, I would love to know just like what your experience with that has been, um, as a manifester. Yeah, I definitely was very blocked in my throat a lot of my life, you know, in school, speaking up, you know, even at cafes when I was like like under 10 of going up to the counter to ask for a glass of water would like, I'd like kill me now. I'd rather die. Mm. Um, Even to the point of in 2014, which is really not that long ago in my corporate job of like standing up above the cubicle and say, Hey, do you mind closing version 2.0? So I can go in and make these edits. I would be sweating. My face would be bright red. Like, you know, it wasn't that long ago. I, I was so afraid to just tell someone, do you mind closing that document? Which is not confronting at all. Like, just can you close that document? I'll be, just change that and you can have it back. Um, and I think a lot of my life, it would come out as an explosion of, I just need to like release this. And it was destructive like screaming, you know, the works, tantrum, massive shouting things, which is, you know, very, very destructive <laughs> for self and, and, and uh, the other person. Um, yeah, it was moving a lot of fear and it was how, how did I heal that? It was through chanting, hmm. chanting. Um, pre-chanting, I um, joined the choir um, in... 15, 16, it was like a, you know, compulsory extracurricular activity that you, everybody had to do. And my piano teacher at the time threatened me that if you don't quit basketball, um, which is kind of funny, like me playing basketball, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I did play basketball for two years. Um, and she was like, if you don't quit basketball, because, you know, you can fracture you and break your fingers, dot, 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 I'm not going to teach you anymore. And so I was, it, was a, it was a threat. And so I joined the choir and that was when I really started expressing like singing and, and really enjoyed that. 
and learn how to use my diaphragm, learn how to stand, learn how to project the voice and how to throw it from behind you forward. So I learned all about the voice then. And, you know, when Saturn Return hit and, and I landed at the feet of yoga and it was through that devotional chanting um, that I was like, oh, I, I always float away on cloud nine. And, you know, that one thing led to the next and then yoga teaching and using my voice. And, and I guess even now I don't, I was chatting with another um, or voice noting with another MG. Um, she also works in human design and to have my voice reflected back to me, she's like, oh, I just love chatting to like manifestors because of how impactful the words are. She's like, she kept getting the, the MG response that she's like, yes, everything, every second word you said, I was like, yes, yes, mm. yes, yes. And I was like, oh, really? I'm like, I'm just speaking gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, certain things that I have said in classes, I think a student asked me once, um, what's the difference between Sage and Palo Santo? And I said something pretty innocuous, like to the point of comedic, like non, to me, it's like nonsense. And she's like, that just made sense to me. And I've always remembered that. And you just start to remember that, like, you know, I get reflected back of like, I remember your words. I remember these specific phrases that I don't, again, not non, no logic mind comes out of my mouth. And it's just like, I always come back to that. Mm. And, and lately it's that love, like let other versions exist mm. or like create the space, trust the process. And it's through that using of the voice to, um, say what everybody is unconsciously feeling or thinking and bring that to the forefront. And they're like, oh, and it shifts energy. Just like when I said freedom and you're like, oh, yes. I'm like, mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's your only channel, right? The 1222. That's my one and only channel. Bless me. <laughs> for better or for worse. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, and you said 12 is your conscious son, right? Is that what you? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. So you're literally like your throat is in your son. Is <laughs> your personality. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it so much. Um, do you have any, any other like activations within the throat or the um, solar plexus? Like any other gates? Hang on. <laughs> I haven't looked at my chart for a while. So just <laughs> give me um, a second. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is that during this time of, you know, like you, you asked me about Jupiter in um, Pisces, mm -hmm. it's been like I lost everything on my computer. Mm. I was literally in the middle. I opened someone's records to do their reading and the computer just went kaput. Uh. Like it just went bing. You know, it, it, made a, it made a sound and it was black and then uh. I lost everything on it. And it was so, um, it was, yeah. And, um, yeah, it was, it was again, you know, I could see the hilarity of it. It was like all these <laughs> things you thought you needed, yeah. all these things that you recorded, the audio things, the mm -hmm. screen things, you actually don't need them. Yeah. You're not going to get rid of it. So we're going to tidy it up for you. Yeah. <laughs> Forcing it on you. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, okay, amazing. Yeah. Thank you. And what a lesson in just surrender, right? So what can you do? Abs exactly. You no. Know? And then, of course, the mind panics. Oh, my God, I'm not going to be able to get that content back. Mm. La, 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 la. And then it's like, no. Okay. So I've yeah. got um, 1222 is my only full channel and it's conscious. Um, doo -doo -doo. 
yes, conscious sign is 12 um, in the fifth line, obviously, because I'm a 5-1. Um, what was your other question? Throat activation. Mm-hmm. If you had uh, any other gates th- in your throat. 31. 31. Okay. Where is 22, like planet-wise, in your conscious side? Jupiter. Ah, uh, me too. I, oh. I, I have been diving into that because of this Jupiter Neptune conjunction. Like I really wanted to, um, really just, I don't know, understand fully the 22, it comes up for me a lot. And like, I had a, um, had a reading not long ago and my word was listen, right. And 22 is the gate of the listener. It's like, it's, it's this listening, but not just verbally, right. It's not just like listening to what you're saying. It's listening to energy and frequency and it's so deep and it talks about, so Richard Rudd, I, I do the gene keys, right. And, and he yeah, talks yeah. about the Akashic records within that gate 22. And it was just like, so much of it was like, absolutely beautiful. He talks about Jesus and Buddha and just like these, it's so deep. It is so, I was just like blown away. And I was like, of course that would be my Jupiter. Like, why not? Right. <laughs> oh my God. I never knew that. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just like felt so natural that like, of course I was drawn to the Akashic records. Right. Cause it's literally like part of like my design. Like it's part of like that expansion, that luck and like, like abundance and everything is just like, so tied to that. So I just, it's, it's so beautiful. I love it. No, that that's, that's so, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't know that I didn't, I didn't let myself go that deep, mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to, it's like, no, 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 just, just, you know, just step away for a minute. You can, you know, textbooks are there. You can always go back in and study. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, And it's, it, again, it makes sense because when I sat down again to play with the word, the spelling of Akashic records, Mm -hmm. all knowing almanac, Mm. synthesizing higher individual consciousness, receiving, returning everlasting clarity on receiving divine support. Hmm. I love that. That's the Akashic yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bunch of words. Yeah. You definitely have a gift with words for sure. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's, beautiful. it's, it's, it's really, really fun. Yeah. Um, Is there yeah. anything like any messages that have been coming to you recently, anything energetically that's just kind of like been coming up for you? That's a good question. I think a lot of what's been coming up for me has been coming up in these cute little word lexographies. Mm-hmm. So um, trust, total reliance upon spiritual timing. Mm. Um, drama. And again, you can reflect this back to the, the lunar nodes of the Scorpio South node and having so much Scorpio in my chart. I don't know if you want to talk about that because we have a lot yeah. of that similarities when yeah. we first connected. <laughs> um, yeah, of that, the drama of, you know, dependent relationships are messy always. Mm. Destructive roles are messy always. At the same time, direct reality activates massive awakening. Mm. So, you know, working with these words and, you know, uh, defensive reactions are messy always. And I think mm. I played with one around um, like react as well. So it's, you know, these are, I, I'm in many ways, these words are remedies for me when I'm feeling particularly activated in those, in those um, emotions and in those scenarios. Mm-hmm. It's like once I make the word for it, I'm like, 
it's like, boom, done, clear. And I've actually done it in the middle of um, a session as me as a client. Um, I, I solved myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And the practitioner on the other end just went, nope, I'm not supposed to help you on this. You need to figure it out yourself. And I just, that was when I made drama. Mm -hmm. And then we shifted that whole story with drama. Mm. I was like, this is like magic. What is this? This is so (laughs) cool. (laughs) Wow. I love that. What is, so are you a Scorpio rising? Scorpio Scorpio rising. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. And no, I know we have that. uh, I have a moon square Pluto. So your Pluto is in Scorpio. Yes. Okay. And so your moon, oh, your moon's in the 12th house too. Yep. Moon conjunct Pluto. Moon conjunct Pluto. Okay. In the 12th. Yeah. How does that feel? Like how is is that? Yeah. (laughs) I I have my moon in the 12th too. Mine's in Leo. And I notice for myself, it takes me like, it takes me a while to actually understand. I'm good at feeling. I'm really bad at articulating because it takes a while to be like, I feel all these big emotions and mine is square Pluto. So that's just like a harsh, it's constantly like battling, you know? So it's like, I already mm-hmm. have the 12 emotions hidden from me. And then I have the square to my Pluto and it's just like a lot of friction. Um, but I do notice it takes me a while to like feel through things. Um, which is why whatever's been happening to me over the last like five months has just been so empowering to be able to like feel it, but not necessarily need to assign a label to it. Right. Just like allowing myself to, um, but yeah, so, so for you, how does that feel with that, with that setup? Intense. (laughs) Um, and it definitely feels like in my body, it feels like it needs, it's something that needs time to build that intensity. It will Mm -hmm. build, 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 build until when the time is right, the shift happens. And it, again, it can happen, you know, when I'm receiving a session, when I'm walking, when I create these cute little words, they're not really, well, they're cute, but they're like powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, And in terms of how I walk in life with it, it's it's a lot of information. I get a lot of information. I can see through so many things. And so it's been a, a real um, journey, very transformative and very uh, liberating of, of healing the, um, I guess the the wound, if you like, around rejection and aloneness and alienation. You know, again, this is all very primal, um, primal feelings, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm. But what if I'm alone? What if I'm left alone? You know, and that 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 whole story around that is like, no, actually, I'm at my best when I am alone, because mm-hmm. I'm not obstructed by, you know, I'm not overstimulated by all the information. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing because sometimes you know even I'm checking in with with clients who I'm not actively working with and they might just send me like a five minute voice note of what's happening or something you know they think they're chatting and I'm just like hold on like can you just book in for a session Hmm. because while we are just chatting I'm getting so much information I'm like getting uh where the blockage is what's in the way and so that's been a, you know, it's been a practice of like, wait, Jamie, you're not working. Don't, don't go there. Like, mm. let, just let the person be, let other versions exist. Mm. And, and then 
when I'm engaged in a session, then I can in many ways let myself be fully myself because then I can bring everything. You know, I don't have to necessarily go, not right now. Yeah. You can just allow it all to exist in that space. De- definitely. Mm-hmm. And and again, with like the moon conjunct Pluto, there's a lot of the, you know, power dynamics, massive. I feel like my whole life I've been um, navigating, learning to navigate that without, again, destruction, without um, manipulation, without any of that rage I was going to say anger but I'm like no it's it's a rage of like mm. fighting against and and you know that that really strong Pluto platonic energy of just wanting to just do or die mm-hmm. um yeah so you know working through that in relationships with everything and everyone of that power struggle of like mm-hmm. hang on a minute no that's not the way to do it. Okay, so what's the what's the alternative here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really powerful. Um, yeah, I mean, is there anything else that you would like to leave the audience with? I literally could talk to you all day. I have to pick my son up in 30 minutes, unfortunately. I was like, oh, but <laughs> if there's anything else, any other message, I mean, I, there's so much in this conversation that people can just like take with them and just like feel more empowered and connected because even just like, I've gained so much just from this conversation with you. So if there's anything else you'd like to leave the audience with and just let them know how they can work with you, where they can find you, um, anything else that you'd like to leave them with. Um, let other versions exist. Pra- take that and practice. Let your versions exist too. Mm. And, and, and really tap into the energy of that. Let yourself feel that anytime, you know, yeah, I think that's that. I'm going to leave that there. Um, I can say a lot more as well. <laughs> I'm like, oh, keep talking. Um, um, how you can work with me. So I work with people in person. If you're in Brisbane, Australia, nearby, come say hi, come and receive um, a session. I love to work, see you in person again after, you know, the couple of years that we've had. Um, I work with people all around the world. I do off uh, sessions. I call them trans- transformation guided sessions. Um we do it over Zoom and I also offer Akashic Record readings. So lots of, you know, ever since that self-occupancy landed for me as well, which gave me a big sigh of relief because it's like, ah, this is, you know, this is a beautiful, it's in resonance with with everything that I have experienced and, and studied in. Um, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to um continue marinating in all the things that I have, you know, created over the last year um, to share them when the time is right. Mm -hmm. So more more is coming. And um, you can find me on Instagram at Jamie Shujin, Jamie S and Jamie Oliver, J-M-I-E-S-H-U-J-U-N. And the same for my website, jamieshujin.com. And I'm sure Rochelle will leave um, all the links and et cetera in the show notes. Yep. And just say hi, you know, let us, let me know how this, this conversation um, um, has, has transformed you, um, insights, clarity, questions. I welcome all of that. So feel free to connect. I love to hear. Mm. 
Thank you so much for your energy and your time today. And I just, I really look forward to continuing this, this connection relationship and just watching what you do and, and everything. It's just, yeah, it's been, it's been an honor. It's been beautiful to talk to you today. So thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you, Rochelle. Of course. Bye.